Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability, and also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. Welcome, friends, to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. I am Matt, uh, back here today with my good friend, Dr. Ina Hazan. Ina, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, Matt. Thank you. Awesome. It's always good to see you. Yes, good to have you back on the show. I know uh, our ratings always uh, get a little bump uh, when you're on, so uh, uh, you are you are the star of the show. So it's great to have you back, and really uh, some exciting news that we wanted to turn into a podcast today. So um, our tech developers uh, for the Optimal HRV app have been working really hard on some updates and. One of the updates uh, surrounds the idea of really separating the data out a little bit and really focusing on morning readings. And I want to kind of set this up and then, Ina, bring you in to talk about really why this is important. So currently, and what you see with most apps is you can take in a heart rate variability reading or you've got some of the 24-7 monitors that just sort of take an HRV reading sometime during the night. Uh, that, that's sort of the two approaches where you can trigger a reading or that it automatically gets generated for you. And I know that there's some flexibility within those two, uh, depending on what platform you're in. And, and there's benefits uh, to each of those. Um, I think we would both agree. One is that if something takes it for you automatically, you won't forget to take your reading. Uh, so that's always a good thing. I think I've been in a habit now of uh, taking one every morning that it's it's just so ingrained in my routine. Um, but there are some benefits too of triggering that reading. And so um, to this point, and we won't make this just about the heart rate, uh, the optimal HRV app, but to this point, we've been the trigger reading anytime you want, and then you can tag your morning readings. And then you can kind of, searched by that tag to to see what your morning reading average was. However, you know, Ina, in our discussions, we thought it was really, the morning readings were so important that we really wanted to create a structure within the app that really automatically tagged that for you if you selected that option. And even more importantly, present that data separately than your collective. So any HRV score you take any time of day to keep that as a separate entity. And so uh, we're excited to announce that that is now live within the app. And I wanna thank uh, both uh, Ben Riley and Viv uh, for all their hard work uh, to get this done, uh, to get this in. So I'm really excited about this one because I feel like I'm so protective of my morning reading average that I almost never take HRV readings outside my morning readings because I feel like it dilutes the data a little bit. So for me personally, this is a huge, uh, a huge improvement. But you know, let me throw it out to you. Um, when we talk about consistency 
in establishing a baseline number. I want to kind of throw that out to you. Why is that consistency in establishing a baseline that we can measure improvements over time uh, so important? Well, um, the answer is because we want to be able to measure improvements over time and we want to um, uh, measure that progress and that improvement against something reliable, against something that we know we, that where we minimize, um, you know, distractions and potential influences, you know, on, on that number. We want to get that number as accurately as possible. And so, you know, uh, keeping your uh, baseline uh, readings for you know about the same time each morning uh, is really important and uh, taking those readings as soon as possible when you wake up um, in order to minimize you know life influencing uh, your readings uh, your HRV scores tend to be highest uh, in the uh, in the morning uh, your HRV does operate on a circadian rhythm uh, so HRV tends to be highest in the morning um, both because of the circadian rhythm and because nothing much has happened yet uh, so you're going to get the most pure reading yeah. for lack of a better term um, in the morning before um, you start going about your day um, and because each day is different and so many different things can come at you and influence your hrv um, taking the reading at the same time uh, each morning as close to the time that you wake up um, is really important because that's going to give you the best um, estimate of your overall um, heart rate uh, variability and taking that taking those readings I would say five to seven days uh, in a row uh, is going to be your best bet um, you know and after that you know if you skip a day or two in measuring your HRV it's okay um, you know I would not recommend skipping any days when you're establishing that baseline so you can get as consistent a measurement as possible and then as you go of course taking a daily reading is uh, a really, really good idea. But if you have to skip a day or two after that seven day baseline, it's not going to be that big a deal. Yeah. And I, and I love this, where we're at with heart rate variability. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this because it's just something that uh, still gives me goosebumps of what the technology has evolved into. So pretty rapidly, when, when you look at the history of heart rate variability being around uh, from the 60s is I just find it fascinating that you look at all these peer-reviewed journal articles um, over these decades and heart rate variability has really risen to be a gold standard of the stress response of almost, you know, I always like to use a, a mindfulness uh, experiment is you, you come into a laboratory setting, you get a baseline heart rate variability reading you know, one group practices mindfulness, the other watches a funny video or or maybe not even a funny video, a, a bland video as a control group. Both of them stick their hands in a bucket of ice water to create the stress response. And then they take a post-test HRV reading. And most of, I would say probably 90% of the studies I have seen uh, coming out of journals historically has been kind of some form uh, of that. And I just kind of wonder, as, as I know you've been working with heart rate variability much longer than I have, is what are the benefits now that, you know, of a five-day, you know, or a one-week baseline versus kind of how historically we have looked at this to measure the stress response? 
heart rate variability is still obviously a really good indication of the stress response. It's a good indication of our resilience, of our adaptability. Um, absolutely. Um, but ultimately, HRV is an indicator of our ability to self-regulate mm -hmm. at any time, uh, which translates, of course, into times of stress. It also translates into times of relaxation and recovery just, you know, all the time. Um, and uh, research at this point is quite consistent that HRV is probably the best um, measurement we have, the best way to assess our self-regulation, resilience, adaptability, you know, et cetera. Um, so what we are doing in that five to seven day uh, baseline is uh, establishing a measurement of where we are in our ability to self-regulate and respond to life uh, in healthy ways. So that when we start making changes, whether it be through HRV biofeedback or through self-compassion practice or both, or you know, through taking better care of ourselves, through better nutrition, better sleep, exercise, et cetera, uh, we know exactly where we're starting uh, so that the marker of progress is an accurate one. Because, you know, uh, going back for a second to you know the, your first question here as well, you know, imagine if you take only a one day uh, baseline, you know, you just take your reading one day and that's the day when you slept particularly terribly uh, and maybe, you know, also just had a really stressful day the day before and slept badly. So your HRV is going to be really, really low that day. And then you start making changes um, and lo and behold, your HRV jumps up. Uh, but did it jump up because of this, what you're doing, or is it because you know you know you haven't had those really stressful uh, days with really poor sleep? You're not going to be able to tell. Uh, or on the other hand, you know if uh, generally maybe you don't sleep so well and things have been generally pretty stressful, but the one day you take your HRV reading is the day you slept really really well, and the day before was just unusually relaxing for you that your number is hrv uh, number is going to be quite a bit higher than it is typically and then you go back to your regular life and maybe not sleep as well and feel more stressed um and you but you start implementing some of the uh, changes that you're thinking about whether it be again hrv by feedback or self-compassion or exercise or whatever um and then you know as a result you're actually seeing your hrv dropping Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but and of course, that's going to feel awfully discouraging, but it's not happening because you're doing something wrong. It's happening because your initial reading was unusually high and that's not where your HRV is uh, uh, actually. So if you take that uh, five to seven day baseline, uh, you know, those uh, fluctuations that can happen randomly day to day are going to get diluted, for lack of a better word, because you're going to get an average of the five to seven days, and it's going to be a lot closer to where you actually are. Um, and it's going to give you a good estimate of your ability to self-regulate, yes. um, which will then also tell you something about how are you able to respond to stress? How are you able to recover? How are you able to um, adjust to the changes that happen uh, day to day, which is what HRV ultimately tells us about. Yeah. And what, what I love about uh you know, even so, so I love week gives you a really good solid. And that's what I've seen in any publications as well is boy, that, that getting those first five to seven readings is a really, like I said, if you think about how traditional studies have been done, really gives you a good idea. And then like, uh, what I love is as you keep going, you, you sort of fine tune that I always like in this, the uh, sort of the mental health arena, we talk about states and traits. And, you know, an individual reading will we'll talk about 
how are you doing right now of regulation, right? You know, and that's what is your state right now? And that's what the the reading tells you. So what what is your state this morning? For me, it really tells me, I, I always like to think about when my productivity and creativity crash is gonna be. Like, you know, if my heart rate variability is high, it's probably 4.30 or 5. If it's low, it's probably around 2.30. Now, it doesn't mean that I pass out at 2.30. It means it's time to go do some quick books or do some, you know, do some stuff that doesn't really require a whole lot of prefrontal cortex uh, functioning. And then, you know, what I what I love, and this is where I think that the morning reading improvement to the app is going to be uh, such a huge benefit to our users is, really looking at, okay, over time is my, if I could, and correct me if I'm wrong, is my trait of self-regulation improving? So when I look at my 30-day averages, when I start to look at my all-time averages, um, then you really can see that mark improvement, which is really why I think most people are drawn to heart rate variability because am I seeing an increase in heart rate variability over time? Absolutely. That is such a good point. And I think you, know, you can absolutely make that, you know, trade state uh, distinction here. Um, any one individual reading probably can tell you, you know, the difference between trade and state, right. because each individual reading is really a state. Yeah. But when you take, uh, you know, a week's or months, you know, a year's worth of HRV readings, um, that does tell you a whole lot about your overall, your general ability to self-regulate way more of a uh, trait uh, statement rather than state. Um, and then uh, the ability to also take any time reading is amazing because you don't, you know, you don't dilute that uh, state uh, data. Uh, you don't dilute the trait data that you have. But if you're curious, well, you know, how did my meditation practice that I, you know, influence uh, my readings? Let me take a uh, let me take a reading and see. Uh, or, you know, I'm just feeling really crummy today. I wonder what's going on. Let's take my uh, HRV reading now. Well, you know, you're just curious about how different events in your life are influencing your HRV. That's what the anytime reading is for. It will give you valuable information. Uh, you might be wondering, well, you know, am I... Um, you know, I have a choice to go for a really intense workout right now, or maybe I should take it easy. Let's take a look at my HRV. It will tell me something. Sometimes you just know. Sometimes you know you're ready for an intense workout and you don't need anything to tell you, but other times you're not so sure. Um, and an HRV reading can tell you a whole lot about what's going on in your nervous system right now. Uh, is it a good idea to give yourself more of a challenge, whether it be physical challenge with a workout or an emotional challenge, you know, by having a tough conversation with your spouse that you've been putting off? It's now a good time for it or should you continue putting it off <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, just give you an excuse all right my hrv is not quite there i'm kidding i don't i don't want you to use it as an excuse but it does give you an idea yeah. of what your body is ready for well it's such a great point too because i you know well the the struggle that i think i was running into and i think again with tags you can really you get that information but I think if we're honest, it's what's on the home screen is what we focus the most attention on. And that's where like that that really excitement is, yeah, you can still tag things. We actually cleaned up the tagging. I will clean up maybe just organized it a little bit differently. We're working on even 
better tagging options coming up, which is really exciting, but you can still get really specific, but then, you know, I, I think pre-post-testing a, a biofeedback session or, or an exercise session or whatever it might be, it just allows you to kind of have this whole collective of HRV data, play around with it as much as you want. Well, you've got this separate morning reading category that really allows you to track trade improvement um, over time. So you sort of, in many ways, on one screen, get the best of, of both worlds. And I think a lot of us are, what are the, how are those numbers going to vary? I, I, I know when I take some evening scores, they're, they're much lower as they sh should be than, than morning scores, you know, on most days. So it's, you know, it just allows, again, that, that flexibility uh, and, and to ask a different kind of set of questions with the answer being right on the home screen, which I know most of us uh, don't want to click three or four times to find that information, even unless we're really interested in it. So that's that's another really exciting thing I see of this. Yeah, absolutely. The easier we can access something, the more likely we are to make use of it. So that's yeah. just human nature. And I, I would assume you agree with me, too, is we we played around with the term morning reading because we know there's shift workers and all kinds of different things. And, and I really think, you know, if you're if you're starting to look at that morning reading in the app, uh, when you get up, I think that, that we agree. It's like when you wake up from your the, your biggest rest, your sleep, so to speak, um, that, that that is the time. I think shift work is a whole def different podcast uh, with heart rate variability, but, but really just when you wake up from whatever that restful sleep, whether that's uh, 3 a.m. to start your shift, whether that's 8 a.m., whether that's 3 p.m., uh, that, that's the time we want to really capture. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's, you know, when someone is working shifts um it's a much more nuanced uh, issue that we should talk about at a different time yes. uh you know if you're more if your morning is is consistently at a different time let's say you always work nights so yeah. you know you, you wake up always in the afternoon um versus if sometimes you work nights and other times you work days and then you work afternoon so your sleep is changing uh you know that becomes a little bit more more difficult i do think that your rule of thumb just whenever you wake up from your um biggest rest of the you know of the 24 hours uh that makes sense it's important to keep in mind that the circadian rhythm is still going to play a role there and shift work influences not only your hrv but also your circadian rhythm so it does it becomes more complicated uh but give, you know, gotta simplify it somehow. So sticking with waking up from your rest for the twenty four hours is makes sense. Yeah, I'd also like to to touch on because this is one of the the biggest questions you hear around heart rate variability is. Well, I took it when I write when I woke up. Then I went to the bathroom. I came back. I took it again, and it was vastly different. And so as we think about morning readings, I think consistency of time is one of those things. And by the way, just a reminder in our app, you can set a re uh, alarm to remind you to take your reading, which I, if you're new and you haven't done a thousand readings like Ina and I have, really good to help you get into that habit is set it a minute or so or right at your alarm so they go off at the same time. But but I when we think about you know consistency uh, before or after bathroom uh, maybe the position that you're in I think one of the uh, the minuses of not going into a laboratory to take an HRV reading 
is that the clinician in the laboratory can get you to sit in the same way for pre-post-test readings, can, can control those variables. Can you just talk a little bit about, um, even if we get in the, the realm of that, I'm gonna take it relatively when I get up, just the importance of consistency in, in getting accurate HRV scores over time. Yeah, a really, really good point. Um, you know, as far as uh, whether you should take the reading, you know, before or after you go to the bathroom, I, I, I think, you know, it's a decision you should make. Um, you know, if when you're waking up, you feel comfortable, you, know, you don't need to, you know, rush off to the bathroom, I would probably say just take your reading then. Um, again, in order to minimize... Uh, stuff uh, getting in the way. Uh, if you know you typically, you know, you're just much more comfortable if you wake up, go to the bathroom and come back, obviously that's fine. Uh, but I would say, you know, then get, you know, get yourself into your reading position, kind of comfortable um, uh, reclining or upright position and let yourself settle um, for a minute. Because, yeah. uh, you know, even kind of movement, especially if you're kind of rushing, you know, rushing around in the morning, going to the bathroom, I got to get my reading done let yourself settle because your your reading is not going to be very accurate if you've just been rushing and running around um which is why my suggestion is to for you know if possible take your reading before you do anything anything at all um and do make sure that the position in which you take your reading is consistent i don't think it really matters which position it is as long as it's the same one for you every time uh, a reclining or a sitting upright position is likely going to be your best bet. Um, and, and even more importantly, make sure that um, whatever appendage your device is attached to, you know, whether it be your finger or your ear or your forearm, you know, depending on the device you're using, uh, make sure you're not moving that part of the body. Now, you don't have to be rigidly still. Um, that can actually create some other problems, but so that that, that part of the body is resting uh, comfortably and not moving uh, during the three-minute reading. So position yourself uh, in such a way that, you know, if, if your HRV reader is on your arm somewhere, finger, forearm, doesn't matter, uh, make sure that the arm is resting comfortably so that um, it, it there is no need to move it and there is less chance of an accidental movement during the reading because that's when artifacts happen. You know, movement is the, the most uh, uh, likely um, reason for artifact in an HRV reading and then you get an unrealistic uh, or inaccurate uh, picture. Yeah, and I think like the the just that consistency too of I, I it, it maybe I there's another one out there I'm not but I, I think about state changes in other words how when do we change our states whether emotional physical and I think that waking up to uh, sleep to wake um, I've really been focused this is a, a sidetrack and I don't expect you to 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 answer it but I. I'm really interested on my data of whether I wake up naturally or if I wake up to an alarm. I, I really am seeing, interesting enough, because I'm getting a little less sleep and sometimes significantly less sleep, like 45 minutes less. But when I wake up with naturally, my heart rate variability scores are much higher than if the alarm wakes me up, which is a little counterintuitive uh, because I'm getting technically less sleep, even though that's that that's not a hard data point to, to look at because I might have gone to sleep earlier or whatever. But but I I'm I'm very interested like in that sleep to wake transition. And if the alarm does it, 
is that sort of a stressor that shows up in my heart rate variability scores? Uh, it's just kind of one of those fascinating things after taking years of readings. It's like, huh, like this is a, this is very interesting to, to see this. And then obviously standing up when you've been lying down, standing up is a huge state change. Like your body is adjusting to gravity after laying down. So like I said, just, just that time to, to sit and adjust. Um, if you are going to get up, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, just give yourself that chance to kind of adapt, you know, fall in back into laying down or sitting up and, and take it from there, I think is great advice. So and then yeah. uh, maybe we can get some research money to see alarm versus natural weight uh, uh, states. So, uh, yeah, I, I've just been fascinated by the difference that I'm seeing that almost I wake up a half hour earlier. My heart rate variability is much higher than if I sleep to the alarm, which, uh, yeah, uh, it's. It's I I don't think a study like that has been done, although, you know, it's entirely possible it was escaped my, deten my attention, but this would be a great study. And, you know, it kind of makes sense, right? If you're waking up naturally, uh, unless something other than the alarm wakes you up, right. you know, like a you know neighbor's dog or a crying baby or something, <laughs> but assuming that you actually woke up naturally, no. um, I imagine that happens when your body is ready to wake up. Uh, and, you know, it's in a state of... Uh, you know, being ready to start uh, to start the day, and you woke up from, um, you know, a proper sleep stage, one one where you're ready to uh, be awake and get going, as opposed to the alarm doesn't know what sleep stage you're in, right? Or if you've gotten enough sleep, uh, and you know the alarm just goes off. Uh, so not only is the alarm potentially startling, uh, yeah. but it may be interrupting your sleep, you know, at less than ideal um, time. So it's it certainly makes sense to me that waking up naturally would produce higher um, HRV numbers, but that study uh, would be really valuable if somebody. Yeah, wants to do so it. so I don't know how you would do that, but hey, if somebody sent on a million dollars of research funds out there, we we'd be happy to to figure that out. So I, I've got I think an easy question for you, and I got a question that might not have an answer, which I typically have to throw out a few of those anytime I have you. So. Here, here's sort of the, I think what will probably be the easy one. Now that we can really help people focus on the morning readings and every time readings, obviously morning readings, consistency of position, uh, consistency of before getting up, going to the bathroom or after, the, the more consistent you can be, the more accurate you're going to be. But over time, you're, you're really getting great data regardless. But again, consistency, consistency, consistency. Let's say you take a uh, post-biofeedback training reading, um, let's say at 5 p.m. after an afternoon session. Should, let's say I take my morning reading laying down, should, should I think about all my readings keeping that constant positioning or does it matter as much as, as we measure kind of things throughout the day? And I think in general, uh, whatever is under your control, uh, keeping it as consistent as possible when it comes to HRV readings. Uh, so I would say as far as the position goes, um, 
why not take it in the same uh, in the same position or approximately the same position? Um, the not moving the part of the body where the device is attached is always incredibly important because artifact is going to be a problem any time of the day. Uh, you are not, you know, very likely to be comparing directly comparing your post biofeedback readings with your morning readings. Although right. there's definitely going to be that temptation, but yeah. how how uh, valid that comparison is is questionable, right? Because uh, so many things have uh, happened from circadian rhythms to stuff happened during the day to the fact that you just did a biofeedback reading, and it's hard right. to say. Well, you know you just did your 20 minutes of training and your HRV is a little lower than it was in the morning. Does it mean you screwed up your, your biofeedback training? No, not likely. It maybe just means that your day has been a little bit more stressful. Um, and you know, the fact that you've done your biofeedback reading is very much a good thing. It means you needed it. Uh, right. So just be careful not to um, do too much direct comparison between anytime reading and your morning reading. Uh, but you can certainly do some comparisons of post biofeedback readings, uh, you know, from day to day. Yeah. Um, and for that matter, you do want to keep your readings, uh, reading position consistent. Um, right. So whatever you can keep consistent, I think there's always going to be a benefit to that. Awesome. Okay. Maybe one of those questions only probably Matt can come up with, with probably, I don't know if this, if you've seen anything on this as well, but when, when I have seen research on circadian rhythms, I, I believe what I see pretty consistency consistently in the research is that cortisol spikes in the morning. I, I, I think purpose-wise to get your butt out of bed, you know, it kind of gives you that early energy but but it, it kind of seems counterintuitive to some extent that I'm having a cortisol spike while during the time of day that I'm probably seeing the highest heart rate variability. I wouldn't put those two things together in most situations. So is there something special going on there is it like do you do have you seen any i just can't i'm trying to bring those two pieces of research together and i, I they just seem to be counteracting each other and i wonder if you had any thoughts um uh, of what what's sort of going on where we might see if somebody did a cortisol draw that we might see high levels of cortisol with a high heart rate variability of score where you normally probably wouldn't see those two things correlated. Yeah, so- um, I told I, you I had a hard one for you. Yeah, that, that's a challenge. I'll probably need to do a little more digging around um, in the cortisol uh, literature to answer this better, but let me, let me, give, it, let me give it a shot. Um, your cortisol does start rising in the morning to get your butt out of bed. It doesn't necessarily mean it's getting high. It's higher than when you're sleeping. Okay. Uh, you know, it's increasing. It doesn't necessarily mean it's high. Um, and cortisol is a tricky um, hormone uh, in a sense that uh, we certainly don't want to have too little of it, then we're right. in trouble. We don't want to have too much of it, we're in a different kind of trouble. Uh, you know, your cortisol has to be sort of at just the right level uh, in order for us to be at our optimal state, just mm -hmm. like HRV, uh, you know, is an indicator of being at an optimal state. Uh, so high, higher HRV means we're at an optimal state, right? So I think, um, you know, cortisol rising in the morning is normal, natural, means you're preparing uh, uh, to, you know, to be at your best uh, for the day. And cortisol is also um, 
released together with a hormone called DHEA, uh, which is also a stress hormone. Um, and those two need to be present in appropriate uh, in, an, in an appropriate ratio to one another. Um, you don't want too much cortisol and not enough DHEA, because uh, that means you're overly stressed, right? Because DHEA is sort of a uh, like a supportive uh, stress hormone, right? Cortisol is more of a, you know, get out of danger uh, hormone when it spikes, uh, but you need to have an appropriate dose of the two. And DHEA uh, tends to correlate nicely with uh, um, heart rate variability uh, as well. Um, so I think that's the best I can do for now. It's a really, really good question. Uh, and it's, it's just not that, it's just not that simple. You know, cortisol is something, um, that is going to fluctuate throughout the day. And that's not a bad thing at all. Um, it, it, uh, cortisol increasing at the same time as your HRV is highest doesn't mean it's bad, just means your body is entering, uh, or at least potentially entering a desirable, um, uh, desirable state. Would, would it be, uh, it may be a little bit over. So by the way, knock that, uh, tough question out of the park, my friend. So, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought I might've thrown you a, a good pitch, but, uh, boy, nice swing. Uh, so is he, in some ways, maybe that cortisol, uh, boy, I want to, I want to be very careful with my language here, almost helping us transition from a, uh, parasympathetic dominant state of sleep to a balanced state of wakeness? Would, would that be probably a little oversimplified, but, but is that maybe something what we're seeing is we're, you know, I obviously we're, we're very, you know, in many ways, I, I would say parasympathetic, we're very vulnerable, at least in sleep state. And then obviously wake state, there's a different energy clicking in. So maybe helping with that transition or am I really oversimplifying it? Then? No, I think that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, when you're sleeping, there is not a lot of activity going on. Although you're, when you're dreaming, there is, you know, some yeah. more activation, right? During REM sleep, there is a bit more activation going on compared to when you're in deep sleep and there's very little activation going on at all. Um, so, um, yeah, I think this has to do with the transition from sleep, very little activation to the kind of activation you need in order to be at your best during uh, during the day. Um, and, you know, your HRV coming off of a good night's sleep uh, is going to be high, right? So uh, as your cortisol starts, uh, starts rising, I don't think they're necessarily, um, uh, uh, you know, counter, uh, uh, to each other, um, this may be why HRV will start decreasing during the day as your cortisol levels perhaps rise and perhaps uh, rise a little bit too much if there is too much stress, uh, you know, coming at you uh, during the day. But I think that initial rise is not at all kind of counter uh, to a higher HRV. Awesome. Well, and I, I would just really encourage folks play around with this. I, I think I've not I've never been a good sleeper. I. From the first memories I've had, it's almost struggling to go to sleep. So well, what the morning readings have really done for me, and I think our users will see this um, if they haven't already, is to really like what evening activities lead to a restorative sleep with a high score the next day. I've been playing around with like, when do I take my supplements? When do I have my last calorie? Um, I've shared with the, the the podcast 
not consuming alcohol. Uh, I find really great for sleep quality, even though I wish that wasn't my conclusion a lot of times. But, you you know, just looking at, you know, do, do I take a supplement in the evenings versus, you know, in the morning? And just those little things that you can kind of play around with um, you know, uh, sleep consistency. Uh, I, uh, went to, uh, I don't go to many concerts anymore because they all start after nine 30, uh, which is usually when I'm in bed, but I, I just, I went to a concert the other week and boy, my post-concert score was not, and I was, I behaved pretty well, you know, and still I woke up, it's like, oh, this is not, you know, there, there's a cost to that. Now it was a really good concert, so it was worth it, but you can really start to fine tune, especially for us not perfect sleepers out there, really what habits in the evening are going to allow you to wake up, you know, and then your sleeping habits. Uh, a weighted blanket has been a great for my sleep quality. That that cool room has been spectacular. Uh, kicking my dog out of the bed has been nice, even though he sometimes whines in the middle of the night, which is not good for my heart rate variability, but it gives us that really nice information to say, okay, I've got data to show shifting this supplement to the evening. It seems to be having a, a positive trend on my morning heart rate variability. And again, then playing out to give me fuel throughout the day is, has been really cool. So. HRV is an awesome way to uh, put data to, you know, your personal experiments. Amazing. You just, you just got to make one change at a time so yep. that you know what it is you're measuring uh, for, you know, say, to make this as scientific as possible. But absolutely. Um, HRV is a really good, great way to quantify uh, all sorts of things that up until recently were actually really hard to assess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I want to thank you. I know we have been, uh, and I, again, I've Biv and been out there. I want to give our tech folks a lot of props. It seems like from a non-technical perspective, it'd be really easy to have made this change. Um, I've learned a lot about things called API and other things over the last few months. So I want to give them uh, a lot of credit for this. And, you know, just thank you. Uh, as a partner in this journey, uh, your ideas have been just, you know, uh, invaluable for building this. And we, we've got some more exciting news uh, uh, coming up soon, which I'm really excited to share around the biofeedback um, improvements uh, as well. So I'm going to hold on to that, delay gratification a little bit um, until we can really have our users kind of go through that with us. But uh, really great stuff coming on board too. So Ina, as always, uh, thank you so much uh, uh, for your work uh, and uh, just value our partnership. And uh, everybody go to optimalhrv.com. You can find show notes uh, for this episode. Um, I believe actually, and you may have heard this before, though we're recording this ahead of this, um, we're giving away Ina, Dave and I's uh, a book, The Heartbeat of Business. Uh, if you go to Optimal HRV, or excuse me, um, Optimal Innovation Group, uh, org, it's our nonprofit site. So Optimal Innovation Group.org. We'll also put that in the show notes. Uh, you can download a free uh, digital copy of The Heartbeat of Business. So uh, we know that there's a lot of people struggling with burnout right now. Um, I see that everywhere I go. Um, and so we look at that in that book, both from an individual 
and a group team organizational perspective. So uh, we thought entering the new year would be a great time to get that resource out to folks. So uh, go do that. Ina, again, thank you so much. I always love having you on the show. Thank you, Matt. It's always a pleasure. Take care, everybody.